is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. All right, Houston, this is a tip from Gilbert. Let's let that play a little bit in the background, Mr. Producer. Uh, This is a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. This is a song that I hope you'll enjoy. Of course, we'll play it more in its end, as we always do. And, of course, we're here every Monday from 11 to 11.45. And, of course, we're at Keep Walking With Jesus, Keep KWWJ, 1360 AM, and 96.9 FM. And again, you can call into the show. This is your show. If you want to call in about anything, we're going to put you on the air. 832-570-8075. This song is an incredible song. It's called, Oh, Come to the Altar. And again, we'll play it at the end. The words are beautiful. And it refers to the sacrifice that Paul talks about in Romans 12.1 where we want to make it a habit of laying down the ways of our old self at the altar so we can embrace a new life in Christ. The song calls for us to surrender our own lives to God so we can be living sacrifices. It's a beautiful song, and we'll go through it. But again, I have Mr. Dr. Bear. Dr. Bear is a longtime leader, and he is president of the Carverdale Civic Club, And he's got some things to say, and I wanted to invite him because I was meeting with Pastor Ben Lewis up there, and I tell you, you know, it's such a wonderful church and community. It's beautiful. So welcome, Dr. Abair. Welcome to Houston, a tip from Gilbert. Thank you, Gilbert. I appreciate being here. Well, I had a great time with you and Pastor Lewis, and in a minute, I'm going to tell you, they told me some things. And I just couldn't believe it. And I thought to myself, I need to get him on the air and talk about it on the radio. And again, my mom always said, always imagine yourself in somebody else's shoes, and then you can really appreciate how they you know, see things through their eyes. And he's going to talk a little bit about what's going on in their community. But before you do that, Dr. Aber, let me just ask you, uh, the, the church there, the Greater Macedonia Baptist Church, is one of the is it the oldest church in Houston? The oldest African American church or church? Was well, it's the oldest church in in Carverdale. It's one of the oldest churches in Houston as well because it goes back to the 1920s. Yeah, it goes back almost a hundred years. Yes, it does. Is that the original building? No, it isn't. It's not okay. But that building is still quite historic. I mean, it's beautiful. It is. It is. And when you go inside, it's so amazing because you can see all the pastors, the pictures of them over time. I mean, it's a glorious uh, church. And Pastor Ben Lewis, of course, is just a real icon. He's just a wonderful, wonderful human being. So tell us a little bit about the community when you talk about being president of the Civic Club. You know, what's going on there and how has COVID impacted you, the club and the church? Very much. Well, the community has been around for a long time. I'll see a little bit about that later on, but presently we have a fight on our hands because um, 
the landfill company, Waste Management, has applied for a permit to continue dumping in the community, and the dumping is uh, permitted to be 252 feet high above sea level and for 46.3 years in the community. Already they had been dumping the community earlier because somehow or another they got a permit approved, I guess, in the 70s and 80s while I was away. And I, I want to go to all of that. That's going to really be the thrust of our show. But you just brought up something that I think our listeners should hear. When you said that's when you were away. Right, right. Where uh, were you? Well, I, I left the community to go to college. Okay. And I worked for a number of years, wound up on the East, East Coast for 30 years and came back in 2008. I left, uh, I left uh, the community in 1960. But then I left uh, uh, Texas in 1977 and came back in 2008. And you're a veteran. I am a veteran also. And so w- where did you serve? I served in sunny southern Vietnam. I was, I was drafted out of graduate school when I was in grad school at University of Houston. And I was drafted for a year and spent a year in Vietnam and came back. What's it like to be, I mean, I, I mean, I happen to have been born in a time when there was no draft and everything, and I, I just pray my kids, right? Um, what's it like to just wake up one day and you get a letter that says you're drafted? That was really uh, troubling because at the time I was drafting, that was, that was also the time of the civil rights movement was in high gear about rights, voting rights, um, Racism, segregation, or well, segregation was a big thing at that time. And then to go to Vietnam and fight for the country with a clear heart, it was tough on myself as well as a lot of the other GIs that were over there because we knew the things. We were over there and we would hear uh, things about sicking dogs on people and spraying them with fire hoses and stuff, and we're fighting for the country. So it was really a troubling time for us, but uh, we, we managed to make it through that. There was also a time when there was a lot of songs that were being made by black artists like uh, I'm Black and I'm Proud, mm-hmm. uh, No Matter How Hard You Try, You Can't Stop Me Now, Respect by Aretha Franklin, and all these things. So those things were encouraging to us while we were over there. But then it was really sort of troublesome when I went over there because it, it was at the height of the civil rights movement here in the United States. I mean, I can only imagine, but then maybe I can't imagine because until you do it, right. you can't imagine. Right. I mean, you can't imagine that there's this country that you, you can't go to certain places, can't do certain things, and the country says, but by the way, you're going to Vietnam to fight for us. Exactly. I mean, what a, um, you know, what a sort of does not compute situation. What a, you know, it's just so amazing to me to think about those times. So we, we thank you for your service. Thank you. And, you know, when you blink your eyes, it seems like we're still talking about the same issues that were fought over back then. And I'm not talking about Vietnam, but I mean more like voting rights and basic exactly. things. Here we are talking about the same things. They almost uh, gerrymandered Sheila Jackson Lee out of her own district, her, her own house. I mean, her own house, her own office. I mean, can yes. you imagine that? There's <laughs> got to be other ways to have sort of move people around and this and that. But they were trying to take her out of her own house. Yes. And that just makes no sense to me. No, it's amazing that this goes on. And when you look back in history, it's like we're, we're singing the same song from centuries back, this kind of uh, the strong survive kind of thing and, and the strong takeover. If, the, if a weakness is perceived, then the strong just runs roughshod over the weak. 
because you know the, the the thing had never went away. This whole idea of the separation and and uh, control control and things like this. Well, let me ask you. You you just seem like um, you know such a mild mannered, such a learned man. What sustains you to have gone through all these things that? I mean that that keeps you so grounded. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's got to be. Yes. It's 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 got to be, right? Because because you just seems like you know like a, such a learned man, such a, a a wonderful person since I first met you. Uh, so I, it's got to be, and we're gonna take a quick pause because we have a call in, and I think uh, Pastor Hayes, are you here? I'm here, sir. Pastor Hayes, how are you? You got me. Gilbert Garcia from a tip from Gilbert. And then you got from the Greater Macedonia Baptist Church, uh, Dr. Abair, who's the uh, Carverdale uh, Civic Club leader and the president. And so we thank you for calling into the show. Hey, man, thank you for having me. Well, let me ask you, how has your church been doing during COVID? Well, we, we have, uh, uh, you know, we try to follow the rules and regulations, uh, try to stay safe, and we start, we keep distance and, and mask up, but we never have closed our church. We just come in a few people at a time because the church is a viable uh, entity in the community, so we have to stay where we can help people at all times. So we, we've done, we, we, you know, we, we don't have the, as many members coming as we have normally have because we try to stay, stay safe as possible. But uh, the Lord has been blessing. Amen. When do you think you'll be, for lack of a better word, full speed or or, or fully fully going? Uh, well, you know, I, I think that that day is is, is not uh, for everybody. Uh, we will try to try to work on it as much as possible, but it's going to probably be another six months before we can, um, you know, get back to our normal normal rate of, of having all the members there at one time. Well, I salute you for still doing the Lord's work through in this difficult time, especially in these difficult times. That's when, you know, people need support the most. Isn't that right, Pastor? Yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we, we got to be uh, about the father's business. So we, we're community uh, involvement. So we, we try to stay open. Uh, you know, at least seven days a week for, for our community. That is beautiful. Well, let me ask you, Pastor. I always am so um, moved when I visit with, you know, people of the cloth, pastors, and I've been to many of the Black Baptist churches, and boy, it's a happening. And, you know, do you recall when you received the call from the Lord to serve? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was back in 19, uh, 1978. 1978. And, I mean, what was it like? And did you, I mean, you read about when when the Lord called on Moses and Moses was like, not me, Lord. I mean, did you have that kind of feeling go through you? Like, not me, yes, Lord. Yes. I mean, yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when did you finally <laughs> say, Lord, I get it. I'm going to be your <laughs> steward on earth. When did you? Yes, when, sir. Yes. Yeah, it was it was difficult because you know I had I met the Lord I I, I became a Christian in 1972. Uh, I, I'm a Vietnam veteran. You uh, are. I'm a war. I'm I'm a Vietnam veteran, and uh, it was hard coming from the from the killing fields of Vietnam, uh, trying to infiltrate back into the society. When I met the Lord, I, you know it was a blessing for me to get into the church. And I, I, I didn't hesitate. I moved as fast as possible because I, I needed the Lord in my life. I know from, from that experience from Vietnam 
And then like I said later, he had called me, but I I said no, not it can't you you can't name me. <laughs> <laughs> you probably thought you you surely you Lord you called the wrong number because it can't yeah, be yeah, me. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, yeah, you know, but, but I didn't I didn't have any any peace until I until I I, I gave in. I, I submitted to the Lord in 1978, and uh, it's been been. It's been a great, uh, a great venture ever since that 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 day. I'm sh- I'm sure it has. But well, you know, Dr. Abear is also a vet, so I thank you both for your service. And we were just commenting on, you know, the sort of the uh, confusion around what was going on in those times and being an African American, a Hispanic for that matter, when when you know. You, you couldn't do certain things. You didn't have certain freedom. You couldn't vote. But yet you get the letter that says you're going off to Vietnam. What yeah. was that like, Pastor? Well, actually, you know, I had been in the military uh, for two years before I went to, to Vietnam. I've been, uh, I've been in Europe and Germany. And uh, I, I thought that I had made, uh, you know, but I got a letter saying that you got to go to Vietnam. But I had been trained for two years to to do that that particular thing for the for the military and uh, i couldn't believe it, but uh, I, I it happened and uh i asked the lord to to be with me i wasn't as you know as close to god as i should have been at that time but he was with me and i didn't know it uh, and uh he took me there and brought me back and i you know i should have been dead uh, uh, oh lord uh, many 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 times but but it, it wasn't for me uh, my job was to get back to America and be about the father's business. So that's that's I just thank God for this for the opportunity. Well, Pastor, we uh, we thank God that He chose you to be His instrument here in Houston, and so you serve so many people and inspired so many people and given them comfort. I I would if I could impose on you one last thing, it would be wonderful if you could just say a prayer for all of us and really for Houston to help us get through this virus. And all the lost time that we've lost with each other. You know, I, I, a good friend of mine who I grew up with is a school teacher. Uh, she teaches, you know, youngsters. Um, I think they're either kindergarten or first grade. And she said, God, the kids, they're so unprepared this year compared to last year. And you think about the loss. Would you just say a prayer about let's heal and let's all just somehow come together and, and let's get through this together. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so excited about coming this morning on this particular show, Brother Garcia. And we ask, oh God, that you would be a constant help in this this time and in this this age, oh God. We need you, Heavenly Father. We pray that you would promote, oh God, us to come together in unity that we may serve and, and help one another through this this COVID-19 season, Lord God. And we know that you're God that, that's able to do all things, Lord God. And we know that you uh, are not the author of confusion, oh God, but we know that you can do everything that your word said you can do. So we're asking for healing, Lord God, for our nation, for our state, for our city, for our community, Lord God. Come in, Lord God, and oh God, give us the spirit of unity. Bring us together one by one, Lord God, and two by two, that we may be about the Father's business, oh God, and, and take away uh, the, 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 the divide that, that's separating us, Lord God. Give us the spirit, oh God, of unity and togetherness. We thank you, Lord God, for this program. We bless him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, we really thank you for calling in, and, and I'm going to have you call in again soon. 
I will. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Pastor. And again, that was an incredible prayer, and I'm so grateful that he uh, spent time on his morning. And coming back to Dr. Aber, so Dr. Aber, let's talk about what's happening. So I want to put this in context. Okay. So there was already near the church, right. and I mean near, you, can, you could see it, really. See it. Um, there had been a, 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 a garbage dump. That was underground, mm-hmm. and it had been around and operated for many years. Yes, and they had it ceased operating, and it has now been covered over, and it just looks like empty grass. Yes, it does. Okay, and so that's already been there. And l- let me ask you, what do you think some of the effects have been on the people and the water and things like that? I mean, you know, did you feel anything? Did you do you think, golly, it's? I wonder if we're getting sick because of that dump. It is because from the water, say, for example, with water flowing in the ditches through the community, it stands for weeks and weeks and weeks on end before it dries up or dissipates. And you can smell the chemicals that are coming from the plant and all the foul odors and things like this. And then the the water table, because much of the community for a long time had well water. And there are a few houses, even right now, that have wells, let's say, within 100 feet of the dump. No and, kidding. And I'm certain that water has really been devastating on those people who live in those homes that are close to the dump. And then do the, they ever test the water or anything like that in the well? They, they say they do now. Uh, waste management say they have water testing all around. But those things ain't effective, though. I do mean, you all get the results of those tests? No, we've never seen the results of the test. We don't know what the, what the test is showing. But they have tests showing that... The, where they try to establish some kind of, let's say, safe limit for toxins and different things like this. But there's no safe limit for toxins when you're living in it. Heck, yeah. Th- that's right. Well, so when was it covered up? Do you recall? Oh, th- it's been covered up about 10 or 15 years and ago. So there's been no more dumping for 10 or 15 years. So maybe the earth is healing. Right. There's still some dumping going on, though. Is there? Yes, there's still dumping. In other words, that section is covered up has been covered up for one reason. I don't know. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on in that area that, that we think are illegal, dumping over there. Because they're still, and say, for example, during Harvey, they opened it up to all the city's debris and things that from the Harvey cleanup was brought over there. And just across the street from my house, it was 18 wheelers, I mean, 8, 9, 10, and 12 hours per day. No. Parked going in and out of that. And one of the things that really, really is troublesome, uh, say, like where I live and within three or four miles of the community, you never get rid of the dust. You have to dust in your house sometimes two and three times a day. No kidding. You can't keep your car clean because if you wash your car and it's outside, then within hours you need to wash it again. And this comes from the trucks uh, driving on there? Or is this from the... The, uh, the dump stuff it's the getting dump, in the air. The dump stuff, too, because, see, when that stuff dries out, it gets hot and sort of uh, sort of decomposes in a way. The wind carries it all over. Mm-hmm. And you, you actually see this stuff in your house. That's it. And then the spiders and the rats and the uh, different vermin that are out there, snakes and all this kind of stuff that are in the pile, that make it in the pile and out into the community. It's just horrendous. That just sounds horrendous. Well, so I want to, we may have a caller here because I want to go to the next topic, which is bringing it fast forward to what's going to happen next. But let me see. I think we may have a a caller here. So let's give it uh, 10 seconds here. 
Do we have a caller there, Mr. Producer, Miss Producer? We do. Let's patch that caller through. So we have a caller. Uh, caller, go ahead. You're talking to Gilbert. A tip from Gilbert. Good morning, Gilbert. This is Morgan. Well, hello there, Miss Morgan. You are talking to a tip from Gilbert, which is Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer, which is every Monday from 11 to 11.45. And you have me and Dr. Bear. Uh, you have a question for either one of us? I was just calling in. Good morning to both of you. Um, I loved your song this morning. I just had to call in and say, I am the world's most nervous flyer. And every time I get on a plane, that is one of the five songs I put on in my headphones. And I sit there and I say a little prayer for peace and to give everything up to, to God. And this is in his hands. And that is one of the songs that just helps. And I wanted to call and say thank you for putting it on this morning. Well, thank you, Morgan. I, this song came to me, be, not came to me. I was uh, at my daughter's something for opening of St. Agnes. And the choir sang that song. And I had never heard it before. And I told my daughter, that song is amazing. And uh, she told me the song. And I looked at it and heard it. I played it many times. I said, I got to play that on the show. So, Morgan, I thank you very much for that call. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. You too. You too. We may have another caller here, Dr. Abear. Uh, you're just popular, Dr. Abear. Here we go. Hope so. Do we have another <laughs> caller there? Yes, we have a caller there. Miss Harris, is that you? Yes, this is me. How are you this morning? Well, thank you so much for being here. You have me and Dr. Abear on a tip from Gilbert. You got a question okay. for one of us or something you would like to say? Well, what I wanted to say that uh, them putting this dump out here is really going to cause a lot of medical problems. And then we're going to have all kind of animals, snakes, rats, you name it. And then I stay in Carverdale and right, right close to me on my way to the doctor. They have this dump over here on some of my recycle and, right. all, and the order is bad. So it's going to be coming from both ways. I think it's really bad that they don't think about people medical because it's going to cause a lot of respiratory problems and things like that. And I'm just hoping that they can uh, keep that thing out because why are they putting these two dumps right here in the house? Well, Miss Harris, I'm so glad you called. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to ask Dr. Abear, and please stay with us, Miss Harris, is the enormity of it. When you think of a dump, and, you know, when I was young, I worked in a warehouse, and we would take things to the dump. Uh, yes. You know, people think of a dump, and, and they don't really appreciate the size of it. And this dump in particular is going to be, how big is it going to be, Dr. Abraham? First of all, how many acres? About 135 acres. 135 acres. That's a whole neighborhood. It is. That's a whole neighborhood. And remember, an acre is, um, let me think, an acre is something like 64,000 square feet. So just start there, listeners. And so, and how tall, because it, it let me, before you go there, because. It's going to be enormous. It's going to be enormous, tell, honestly. Well, Ms. Harris, what I think it's going to be is, first of all, because the existing dump is covered, unlike a regular dump, which is underground, this is going to be above ground. Exactly. So how big is it going to be? Dr. Well, Dr. Amber, how according, according to the permit, they have asked for permit to have it 250 feet high above sea level. 
so that it will be as tall as a 20-story building in our community. So the skyline will be dominated oh by a pile of trash in, in, in the community Harris, can you for 46 that? years. Can you believe that? 20, 20 stories tall. For 46 years. But actually, think about it. That's just how long it's going to operate. And then when it's done, it's going to be there. Because you, right. you can't move 150 acres. What, what, uh, did you say 100, 125 what, acres? You can't move 125 acres. And how many feet tall? 252 feet. You can't move that mound. That's a whole mountain. That's right. That's right. Uh, my goodness. Well, Miss Harris, what are, what, are you, what are you doing about it? Are you? I, I guess it's going to be in your neighborhood, right? Yes, it's going to be in the neighborhood. I have one over here on Summermeyer's uh, right. where they, the garbage, and it's, yeah. it, it stinks. And I, when I was going to the doctor today, the order is just, you, I won't be able to sit outside. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, this is just really terrible. With all the, uh, uh, they could have put a dump way out. Mm -hmm. where there's no residence or nothing if they wanted a dump. It's no neighborhood. It's uh why is they coming into a neighborhood with this stuff? Well, the answer to that is, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, when I heard about it, Ms. Harris, it really struck me because I thought to myself, what if that was, you know, my house, in my neighborhood? I mean, everyone should think that way. What if it was your neighborhood? What would you do? And when you know what you would do, you'd say, wait a minute. And you'd bring attention to it. So, Ms. Harris, I really appreciate your call. And Dr. Aber is going to talk more. Is there anything else you want to add, though? I want to give you a last word here for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I, me, personally, I don't want it in the neighborhood. I have signed a petition and everything. Uh -huh. But it's not just going to affect Carverdale. Everyone that's out here, I'm saying, is Spring Branch, Jersey Village, all of those could be concerned because it's going to affect all of us. Uh -huh. And so it's really going to affect the uh, many communities. Well, especially when you think I'm about because I've been there, Miss Harris, it's flat. So something that big standing out can probably be seen for miles. Right. I don't know how a city official would even allow that. Well, I'm, yes, I'm telling you, who would sign a permit for that? Well, Ms. Harris, just what I've learned, this is this is Joanne Harris, right? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. I, I hope to see you tonight at the meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But historically, in Carverdale, specifically, when they first um, moved the dump out there, dumping area out there about 30 years ago, the residents put up a mild protest, but they didn't have the sophistication to um, co coalition with other let's say agencies and communities and things like this, they just entered the mm -hmm. fight by themselves and they got run over roughshod by, by this company. But this is a historical problem we've had in black communities across America. It's not just not Carverdale. We're, seeing, we're no, at the not. tip of the iceberg. You see, when, when this has been done in black communities, as a matter of fact, right now, there are at least a dozen black communities right as we speak fighting to, the, to eliminate dumping in the community. In, in other words, it's either an incinerator because on summer mile they have an incinerator, and this is what stinks over the whole community. And over the other this part, stinks they, yes, yes, the, the above. Oh, this is Victor. I'm talking to. Yes, this is Victor. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Joy. I'm telling you, they had the dump out in Sunnyside. They got it out of there. Yes. And I don't. They just putting them everywhere in black communities. 
Yes. Like when they was trying to put that uh, thing out in the acre song. Yes. The they made plant. sure that, that, that it didn't last not even a month. They got it out of there. So well, that's I one of the things we can get it out of here. One of the things we hope to accomplish, even with this broadcast, is to draw the sentiment of the city of Houston and Harris County to Carverdale to help us to rid ourselves of this pest that's in our community. It has, you're right, it has caused problems. I do believe my mother suffered for about 10 years uh, because of, of the house's proximity to the dump. That's right across the street from our house. Well, you know, on the east end, I used to be chairman of Metro, when, and the rail was already started when I arrived, and then they mm -hmm. had to stop it because they didn't have the money. Right. And then we got the money. And uh, it's the same thing in the Latino community on the east end, where the ground is all contaminated. Exactly. From old, you know, plants, old things, old warehouses, old, you know, and everywhere when we were drilling to try to go under this particular railroad track, we kept hitting contamination. Yes. So we had to stop it. Exactly. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Well, Miss Harris, we really appreciate you for calling in, and and we're going to continue the dialogue here. But thank you so much for oh, calling in to a tip from and Gilbert. Thank you all for accepting the call, and Victor, I hope to see you tonight. I will be there. Yeah, have a great day. Okay. okay. God bless bye -bye. you. Wonderful. I know we have more callers actually. So let's send in. Who's our next caller? Do I have another caller there? Is there a Brian on the line? Mister Brian. Brian, hi. Brian, how are you? You have me, Gilbert Garcia, from A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer with Dr. Bear. Did you have something you wanted to ask or say? Yes, I've been listening to the show, and I'm just wondering, are there any zoning laws that you can uh, reference to get this dump, you know, out of the neighborhood? I can't imagine uh, they're building a dump in the middle of the na uh, neighborhood like that. Uh, just think of trying to picnic in a park. If there's a park near there, uh, that would seem like it wouldn't be too good. Um, but there, are there any zoning laws or anything you can reference Let's to ask, try to fight this? Mr. Brian, we thank you for uh, calling there, Brian. So, Dr. Yeah. Aber, what, what's so what's happening? What are the what is in place now that could either move the dump or stop the dump? Are there any laws, regulations, or things of that nature? None for Carverdale. In most black communities. There was not even like residential zone, like being zoned residential, uh, primarily a zoned business or anything like that. Those kind of things did not exist in most historically black neighborhoods in Houston. And so anything, for example, our community uh, from about 1965 or 70, uh, one part of community is almost 60 percent businesses right next to the residences and so forth because there was no zoning uh, rules and regulation for our communities. So it's like we were left unprotected. But that's uh, the politicians. Now, the politicians knew what was happening because when we, when we researched the permitting, uh, to get granting, granting access to put these buildings and so forth in, in these communities, we found that the city was complicit in the whole thing, in a way of speaking, through the politics. So that's what makes it really troublesome for, for us. If it was just a business that's looking for a place to locate a business, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But when they um, get involved with the politics of the community, and especially ours, because our community was a residential community from the 1920s. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Aber. So it's been 
where is it in the stage? Has it is it trying to get permits or where is it now? So let's so again, listeners, we're talking about a beautiful community there, right by the Greater Macedonia Baptist Church, which has been around for about the 1920s. And Pastor Ben Lewis is the pastor there, and there's been a whole lineage of wonderful pastors. It's the oldest African American church in town, one of the oldest churches, period, in town. Right. And so they had a dump nearby. It's been closed for 10 or 15 years and, right. and sort of covered up. There's been concerns about water and, and potentially toxic items and chemicals that run in the water, et cetera. But now they're talking about building a new dump that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be 125 acres. That's like an entire neighborhood and 250 feet tall, which is essentially a 20-story building. So Dr. Aber, who is Dr. Aber here, of course, is the president of the Carverdale Civic Club. What um, where is it? Where does it stand? And are they have they met with the community to talk about this is what we're doing or yeah, no. So far, the Texas Environmental Quality uh, Commission has uh, accepted their proposal to open the dump and it's at the stage now where we've sent in petitions we've protested we've had three protests in the community to protest the coming of the dump we've also submitted uh queries and protests to the texas uh, environmental quality commission uh protesting the the locating or the opening of the dump so now we're waiting to hear from tceq or texas environmental quality commission to, to, to hear our complaints about the dump. In other words... The, this is the existing dump. The, the, well, no, the one that they're proposing. Uh, to break ground, I guess. Yes, yes. Because, you see what they're doing, they plan on extending the dump because they still have dumping in the community, and but they're planning on extending it and higher and wider and things like this because they've been dumping in the community. They have, environment, they have mainly environmental and construction debris that they're still bringing out right now. But the, but the expansion, this is really asking for an expansion by the state of mm -hmm. Texas. And right now, uh, we're petitioning, trying to get a hearing through John Whitmire and our politicians so that we can have this open forum to express our displeasure and then bring all the forces we can all over the United States to bear, including, uh, I understand that a couple of national offices about uh, the health of black communities. So... Um, we, we're working really hard to try to get heard. We want to get heard first. And this is what we, what we are intending to do first. We want them to hear us, and so they haven't set that hearing yet. John Whitmire was working on it, and a couple of other our, of our local politicians are working on getting a hearing for it. Well, hopefully the senator will get something going. He's the dean of the Senate. It right. seems like if you can't, I mean, it, it seems like that's a good shot, right? Right, right. Well, let me ask you this. So has anyone talked to waste management? Have they? We have talked. They have talked to you. We've talked to them, um, but that that presentation is simply how safe it's going to be and how they are uh, community conference and conscience and want to be a good neighbor. And we're saying no such thing that don't exist. And they, when they say safe, do they mean safe meaning um, the water won't get contaminated, or yes. safe meaning don't worry, the cars and all the trucks that are going to come through here are not going to run over children? I mean, what what do they mean? Right. Because uh, think about that. To fill a dump that big, you're going to have trucks all day long. 125 trucks, uh, additional 18-wheeler traffic every day. 
125 trucks on that short stretch of road, which, by the way, needs to be widened to four lane. It's a two lane right now? It's two lane. And, And the city was supposed to widen it, I guess, 20 years ago. But something happened to the politics that it hasn't been widened. And as a matter of fact, uh, to the interest of the community on one side is the four lane, and after Beltway 8 is four lane, but through the community it's two lane. It's been that way for a long time, and it should not have been, especially with those huge uh, businesses. We've got uh, Living Earth, we've got the cement uh, plant, and we've got uh, crushed cement plant, and then you've got the dump itself, and it's still a two lane road. It is oh absolutely goodness. unconscionable for our city officials to play around with that community for that length of time, I mean, it is absolutely absurd. So think about it. If there's 125 18-wheeler trucks a day, just those trucks, ignoring other cars that come in and out, if it's an eight-hour day, that's about 16 trucks an hour. And and they uh, they I will mean, be idling that diesel fuel, yeah, be idling uh, well, that diesel fuel all I mean, over the community and so forth every day. I mean, I can only imagine. It's just going to be like a line. Yes. It will destroy the communities. In other words... The community will be effectively destroyed, and everybody's property will be worth nothing. Right now, the property is almost worth nothing anyway, and that's unacceptable as well. But the thing that I hope, I hope we can get uh, the city of Houston, Harris County, the state of Texas, and the United States are sensitive about this to give us the help to rid ourselves of this pest. We don't, we, we have a right to have our property here and live as citizens in peace throughout our lifetimes and raise our children in our communities. This is, un- I mean, it's like an attack on our community. I mean, you it's would, acceptable. I mean, you would think so. I mean, imagine if it was going to go next to River Oaks, boy, that thing would no. be moved in two minutes, right? That's right. I mean, I mean, right? I mean, That's right. That's right. Well, let me ask you this. So you've met with them, and all they talk about is it's going to be safe. We're going to be good neighbors. There's nothing about, hey, is there any other location that maybe you could find? Right. Well, we know there is. I know, but is there any discussion about that with them or no? No. In other words, uh, we haven't had another meeting with them since they were telling us how safe it was going to be. And we expressed, no, not in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And so when you meet with them, is it a high-level person? Or, is, I mean, what's your sense? I guess it's pretty high-level. It's not that high-level because— uh, the board and all the people who really make the decisions are not there. I mean, they're high-level employees, mm-hmm. but I don't think they have the uh, capacity to make a difference of any kind whatsoever. I wonder if you should go to their board meetings or something like that. And Well, and- we're working on that because right now we're gathering steam to just try to put pressure on every, po- every pressure point possible to prevent this from happening in the community again because we don't deserve to buy property, be good citizens, and have a dump come in. Look, everybody knows that this will literally destroy the community. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. Well, I wonder if you got a compass. Remember the old, an old compass? I don't even know if they use compasses anymore. But if you get a <laughs> compass and you put the, the metal part that's the point right. where the dead center of the dump's going to be, and if you said, how far can you see you know, 20 foot building and did a circle around it and then said, what all neighborhoods are inside that circle and meet with the civic club presidents of all those neighborhoods. Cause it's gotta be able to be seen for many other neighborhoods yes. too. We plan to do that. That's what I've been working on. Cause it's a, cause it's flat. I mean, I've been there. It's flat. It is. That's one of my goals to work with other community leaders near us for this same thing, because I, I mean, they've got to be concerned. Or unless they don't know. 
Mm, I mean, I, I don't. I, you, you never, you never can take anything for granted. Maybe they know, yeah. maybe they don't. I mean, I, I just don't know. I sent, I sent emails out to the presidents of the civic club near us about a month ago about the matter and what we're doing, but I'll just intensify that and make sure we have personal contact with them to uh, see whether they join us or not, because they may or may not. I don't know. And we got to think about how far. I'd be curious to know how far can you have line of sight and see a 20 mile, I mean, a 20 uh, story tall building. I mean, you got to be able to be pretty far. Five to seven miles. Five to seven miles? Right. That's a long way. That is a long way. Yes. Because think about that. That's an entire, um, uh, remember, diameter. Diameter is from point one side of a circle to the other. Right. So if it's five miles to see, that's a radius times two. Excuse me for trying to get into mathematics here, but what <laughs> it means right. is it's a sort of a 10-mile area just across. Uh, that's just enormous. But the thing that's really rough about that, the material they'll be storing there is actually cancer-causing. Cement, cement, the components of cement as it decomposes and turns, it blows, the dust blows it all over wherever it blows it or whatever the case may be actually causes cancer. There's been research that says it's this construction debris as it, uh, as I say, decomposes is the best word I know because even cement eventually turns to dust and beat by the elements and stuff like this. The construction debris that we use in houses right now, no question is toxin. And for that, which is taken out of older buildings and put on that site, they 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 take it out of the buildings because it's cancer causing, and they're going to dump it in our community. Mm. I say it does not make sense. Well, let me ask you this: What can people do? Let's say we got a listener out there, and listeners, we so appreciate you. Again, as a reminder, feel free to call in, and we're on from eleven to eleven forty-five every Monday. I think we're going to go a few minutes overtime um, because of this topic, and it's eight three two five seven zero eight zero seven five. A tip from Gilbert. So let me ask you this, Dr. Aber. If someone's listening right now and they said, that ain't right, what can they do? They can call. Uh, if we have a protest or something like this, they can join us, uh, contact us. Because my, my Do you all have a phone number or an email address or something? or what? I mean, let's pretend right now people said, you know, darn it, that's just not right. What, what can we do? And if, if you don't have it now, I'm happy to read it out in the future. Yes, I'll get it to you. Yeah, we'll have we need one. to get something yes. so people say, that's just not right. Exactly. You know, it doesn't need to be just neighborhood letters, but just citizens to say, citizens, yes. that's just not right. Right, right And right. always imagine if it was your neighborhood. Exactly. And how would you feel? Yes. Um, my goodness. And are there any schools around there? There was. The school was uh, demolished and torn up. I graduated from the school out in the community. And now there are no schools out there right now. There's but no high school, there's no middle no school, school, no elementary school, nothing. nothing. Okay. I wonder if that's what makes it, for lack of a better word, vulnerable. Uh, probably is, but everything was intentional. So moving the school out was intentional because they moved it out during integration. They closed it down, and, and the kids were bused to Sci Fair and different schools in the Sci Fair district, and they never did replace it with anything. And so now make the main features we have are the churches that are out there, about seven churches that are out there. But uh, it can be a growing community because it's in the growth area of Houston. Uh, but with the dump there, 
of the property values are just, if you want to buy a property out there, you're just taking the chance that you will never be able to sell it. Uh, or it's just not having the worth, even though you'll be paying taxes at current rates and so forth. My goodness, that's another thing. So the value will plummet, but I bet you you'll be paying taxes on a value that you couldn't sell the house for. You'd win that bet because it's already started. Is that already started? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I can already get a feeling. Uh, I know that we've got about four or five minutes. Um, we're going to key up my song here. And remember, Dr. Aber, there was a great show called Carol Burnett. I've heard of her. Okay, she's fabulous, right? And at the end of the show, there was a song she'd sing. And it was like, I'm so glad we had this time together. <laughs> because, yes. you know, it just goes to show you when you got a great topic and you got people listening, uh, it goes by fast. It does. But it I'm does. so grateful. And maybe that's why we think, God, life goes by fast. And, it you does. know, when we say our children, God, you better love them because they're going to be so big so fast. Yes. Maybe we just all need to slow down a little bit yeah, and think yeah, about exactly. others. Before we're going to keep playing the song here on low um, let me just ask you, Dr. Abraham, you really are a, a gentleman. And I'm going to give you the last word on whatever you want to say to the listeners here on KWWJ right now. Well, I'd like to make uh, a plug for my Lord Jesus because one of the things that, that I really count on, and I think all of us are counting on, is petitioning Him about this matter, going to Him in prayer. And I'd like to ask the prayers of everybody who's listening about this matter because this is a beast for that we all are fighting for our children for our posterity for our property and so forth and so i i just really love the lord jesus I've been loving him all my life and he's answered all my prayers and i'm trusting that he will do so at this point as well because we need him more than ever before now and and this is simple uh, to have the kind of relationship with him that he will listen to us and hear us and work for us and fight for us. And that is simply just to love him. And I do. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. I'm going to hug you in a minute. I'm going to hug you in a minute. As soon as uh, I got this headphone piece off, we're going to go ahead and, and turn up our song. And, and, you know, listeners, just remember one thing. You know, this wonderful earth the Lord has given us, it's not ours, it's his. And it belongs to our kids and their kids and their yes, kids does. and their kids everlasting. So let's please take care of all these great bounties uh, yes. because, uh, you know, it was given to us and we should keep it in the same state we got it in for the future. Amen. So this is, oh, come to the altar. Yes. By Elevation Worship. That's the name of the group. Praise Him. Yeah. You know, the song encourages us to never lose hope in any difficult situation. And the only thing we should do in a hopeless situation is to bring our sorrows and follow Jesus. Right. He's the only way to forgiveness of sins and attainment of peace in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Christ is
cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. What an amazing song. I think we're now off the radio. What an amazing song that, Oh, Come to the Altar. And again, those words, Oh, Come to the Altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. What an amazing song. I wish I could write like that. And I wish I could sing like that. Um, but at least I'm here with Dr. Abair, and we're here on this show. And now we're on, of course, all the podcasts and everything else. We're t- talking to Facebook. And I got to tell you, Dr. Abair, it's first of all, you're an interesting gentleman. You're a wonderful man. I can feel the sincerity in you, how genuine you are. You're so just full of grace and poise. Thank you for your service to our country. And thank you for not giving up. It's so easy just to, it's so easy to say and give up. And, you know, the whole reason we do this show is there's already just about a, Nothing but bad stuff in the news all the time, you know, and and nobody ever talks about good things and inspiring people and young people. And and we just got to talk about these other things and we got to take care of each other. So let me just ask you, Dr. Aber, what sustains you when you're going through these things? And here you've got another battle on your hands. And when you talk, you're just so upbeat. What sustains you? Two things, really. One, as I said earlier, my Lord Jesus Christ. I, I love his word, and I've learned so much about humanity and humans. As my, I had the pleasure of teaching world history on the university level for 16 years. So I see... I knew you were a learned man. <laughs> That's wonderful. Keep so, going. So I see across the spectrum of history yeah. how man has dealt with man. I see man and humanity of man, but I see the glory of man when they come together as one and when they can work together. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I have the hope that we can be uh, on one accord to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish, even in our communities. We have so many things that are so important for us that's still on the table for us. I mean, we have kids that are growing up in there, and even if that's just one child that needs to be protected or nurtured and grown. And I'm big on example and pattern because uh, we should be patterns to these young people. We should sort of pave the way for them to progress through their own life for their homes and their families and their children and things like this. In other words, we are, we're developing what I call an eternal perspective Mm -hmm. because now so often people have what I call a temporary perspective and that is I'll be okay tomorrow Mm -hmm. or the next day, but then look at the eternal perspective. And I, I like that because I was reminded of this. I'm always reminded of it because uh, I, I, I look at Abraham. God uh, showed him a picture 42 generations down the road. In other words, Abraham's present life was really predicated on something that was going to happen 42 generations down the road. He didn't know it at the time mm-hmm. because that's 42 generations from Abraham to Jesus. And as I consider the perspective that God gave Abraham in that encounter, I see us having the same kind of uh, responsibility. In other words, what we do today is not only for today, but 42 generations down the road, so that 42 generations down the road, we produce a humanity like that of our Lord Jesus. 
So we work today with our kids, with our communities, among one another, so that 42 generations down the road, you will still have the humanity of Jesus with love, kindness, forgiveness, and, and where we all care for one another and work together in one accord for our, common, for our commonalities, which are our families, our communities, and our finances, how we prepare, how we provide for one another, for ourselves, and how never, never does it intersect to, to one another in a way that harms anybody in the process. Well, listen, I can't top that. That, that I mean, I can't top that. I think I think we just got to I think we just got to call it because that's a love, kindness, forgiveness. Those exactly. three words you said just rolled out of your mouth, but they struck me as so profound. And I hope our listeners will just uh, st- lean on those words: love, kindness, and forgiveness. Because if yes. you keep those three things at the forefront of your mind, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And this will be a wonderful society. Yes. So let me just say. To Dr. Aber, thank you for being on this show. This is a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. Every Monday from 11 to 11.45. And, of course, we're on Spotify. We're on everything. We're on Facebook, etc. KWWJ is our radio station. They're very good to us. That's Keep Walking with Jesus. 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. You can call in at 832-570-570. 8075 and this is Gilbert Garcia saying we'll see you next time thank you thank you thank you God bless you too Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.